Hi, this is Michael Uslan. You're listening to Batman on Film. I'm vengeance. I have given a name to my pain. Welcome to episode number 98 of the Batman on Film Social Hour podcast. I am the host of this Batman on Film show, Bill Ramey. Oh, I also founded Batman on Film way back in 1998 on a web TV. If you want to hear that story, just go find episode one of the Batman or the BOF Chronicles, the Batman on Film Chronicles podcast. Whole history of Batman on Film. Garrett knows the story. Do you know the story? Yeah, well. You know the story. Right? Know it well. All right. Know it well. All Live right. the story. We talked about that last time. I was, okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a I'm an old school guy, man. I'm a yeah. BOF OG. Uh, I have I've been with BOF as a loyal BOF for longer than any relationship <laughs> in my entire life outside of being somebody's kid or brother. Like you know, like I've got uh, 22 years actively reading BOF. I've only been married for 12, so you got my wife beat by 10 years, Bill. I have been with Batman on film longer than announcer Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. That's 25 years, you know, coming up here next year. So anyway, speaking of Garrett, this is senior BL contributor, contributor Garrett Grev. And we're back together today to talk about some DC owned film news. Heck yeah. Uh, there's been a, been a bunch of it. The last time we spoke, we talked about James Gunn's cryptic tweet featuring the uh, uh, or a, 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 a image from the graphic novel Kingdom Come, saying with the caption "Making Plans," and talked about how you could do a DC shared universe based on based on Kingdom Come, more of a you know obviously an adaption of, not a straight up. And inspired by a riff on it. And if you want to check that out, uh, just go listen to episode number 97 of the Batman on Film Social Hour. But this one is, uh, yeah, some things are starting to come out. And I will say, and Garrett can vouch for this, that I've heard whispers of this over the last couple of weeks. Um. It looks to me, well, let's just go straight to the source. So the story first came to Hollywood Reporter yesterday. And let me, I want to make sure I get them right. All right. So basically, I'm just going to bullet point this, Garrett. Respond if you want. Uh, in a nutshell, from the Hollywood Reporter, uh, they said that Warner Brothers has um, canceled Wonder Woman 3, and there's there's kind of some, we can talk about that in just a second, because there's it's not as not as dead dead as it may seem to be. Uh, Black Adam's sequel is unlikely to happen. A new Superman film with Henry Cavill is unlikely 
Aquaman 2 is probably Jason Momoa's last turn as uh, Arthur Curry. And they even mentioned that he may have a future as Lobo <laughs> in a future DC film. And they weren't going to F with Matt Reeves or the Batman universe. So thoughts on that real quick. And we can, you know, you can bullet them out. Uh, I think the Wonder Woman thing, Humberto uh, uh, Gonzalez from The Wrap followed up saying that it was more Patty Jenkins walking away from Wonder Woman 3 because they did not want to use her treatment that she had turned in. So speak to that. They're, they're, yeah yeah you know um the way things get phrased to make an impact on social media and get the eyeballs on it and get the clicks which of course like any can that can sound kind of pejorative right like clickbaity stuff but there is a way you have to post things to get people's attention and, and click into yeah. it i think the further clarification around wonder woman 3 a third wonder woman film is not dead the treatment in the direction that it was going is not going to continue. So, yes. and then we got more word on sort of the interactions between uh, Patty Jenkins and the studio heads. And, you know, she's a, she's a, um, uh, an artist and she's got a vision. If there's a way she wanted to do this story and it wasn't going to work for her to be able to dedicate years of her life to doing a different version of a Wonder Woman three, besides what she had cooked up and obviously loved if she was the, the, you know, the creative voice behind it, I can understand that. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not going to see a third Wonder Woman movie. I think that's, that'd be pretty silly at this point. Like we're going to see more Wonder Woman, whether that's Gal Gadot or not, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, Gal, yeah. Uh, beginning of this week had a tweet that kind of raised some eyebrows talking about how you know joyed she was when she got the opportunity to play Wonder Woman and was looking forward to you know being in the third chapter of this at some point in the future people were sort of like well where's this coming from the same day there was a tweet that kind of went a little bit low level viral saying like who's your who's your favorite got a few thousand likes maybe it's up more than that you know as the stories progressed Linda Carter or uh, gal. And I think some people thought maybe that was a response to that or, you know, kind of in the mix, but it seems yeah. pretty clear. The word was, Hey, this version of a third wonder woman movie isn't going to continue on. It is notable that the studio asked Patty to like have a new approach. Yeah. And it was Patty, you know, that said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to walk away. And some of the details that were shared makes me feel like maybe she wasn't real happy about that, but you know, here's the deal. If I'm James Gunn and Peter Saffron and I've got a vision for where I want this universe to go and the characters within this universe and um, the previously attached director's vision or the currently attached director's vision isn't in line with that, that's a tough deal, right? Like you're the head of this studio. You're mapping out yeah. the plans that you have. The characters are bigger than any one director and they're bigger than any one actor or actress. Yes. So I, I think this is appropriate to get forward momentum and to get some progress going on sometimes you have to say no as a as a leader as a boss you have to say no we're not going to go in that direction we're going to pivot over here i'd sure like you to come with but if you can't you know let's mutually yeah. respectfully part ways and you hope that's how it was handled behind closed the doors rap, it's, yeah the rap article mentioned that um they don't know if gal gadot gal gadot i always is it it's Gaul. Is it Gaul? Or, I, I don't want to butcher her name, man. You know, you see it different ways it's all the time. Lovely. I've looked it up in the past. Um, I, 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 
I've understood there is a bit more T at the end of it, but it's not like the English T we'd put on at the end yeah. of a word where it's I've hard got a, T. I should know this after, you know, it's she's been playing the character a while. How many so years, right? My yeah. bad. I I would say they don't it's, they did say in the rap that they didn't know if she wanted to continue on in the role without, without Patty, Patty Yeah. So we shall see. Um, I think this is clear to say it's pretty clear that this is a brand new dc on film universe yes um it it will not be tied to anything that came before under you know starting with man of steel up through you know even i mean frankly for black adam so that's a bit of a monkey wrench because do you do you pull a um who was the actress who played um, the same character in two iterations of Bond? Uh, Judy Dench. Sure. Yeah, she was M. She was in M. different versions. In, yeah. In, in the Pierce Brosnan and the the Daniel Craig. Yeah, and they were in it. Daniel Craig was was a reboot. It was not connected to the previous one. But do you do you use some of the actors specifically? Who were the t- two most successful? Uh, Gal Gadot and um, Jason Momoa. I, I looked it up by the way while we were talking. It is yeah. Gadot, like a G U H dot D O T. Gadot. Good. And the and the gal is not like gal, and yeah. it's not like gall. It's something in the it's like gal in, in between. Okay. Yeah. There so, we go. Um, do you bring characters in, or bring the actors in to play new versions of characters? in a new continuity, in a new universe, or do you just completely start from scratch? And that's I think, the thing that's tricky. I am under I am the, under the belief, if you're going to start over, then start over. That's yeah. just me. I think that's the most straightforward way to do it. And, you know, I, I said this on Twitter this week. I just kind of said it earlier these characters are bigger than the actors who portray yes. them for a while. And we can fall in love with those portrayals. Um, you know, I love Christopher Reeve Superman. Love, love it. Uh, I, I very, very much like the idea of what Henry Cavill could do with Superman. I haven't quite had the chance to see him do the thing I would like him to do with Superman, but I, this is just <laughs> no a little Garrett, has. right? Yeah. Um, but at some point, someone else is going to play this character, right? Yeah. For whatever reason, you age out of the role, people tragically pass away, there's a horrific accident, or there's just, you know, creative differences. Somebody eventually is going to play these characters that hasn't played, hasn't been the person to play them in the past. You know, we saw Michael Keaton uh, to Val Kilmer, of course, very famously. Um, So I think you have to be comfortable or at least accepting of the idea that that's going to happen at some point. And if it's going to happen at some point, is it so terrible for it to happen when this universe is doing a reset with new leadership, with new vision, with, you know, the biggest story on earth that they want to tell, um, you know, like, should that be this major hurdle for audiences to get over? I don't really believe so. I don't think the majority of the, the general audience is not. No, the majority of the dedicated fan base, I think is, um, you know, uh, not ambivalent, but, you know, probably as open as reasonably possible even if they're gonna 
you know, lose some fan favorites. There's a small dedicated audience. We don't need to call them out specifically, but it's a core group that's going to have an issue with this, right? But I think yes. it's worth noting, not just to, to poke at those guys or those people, but I think it's worth noting that to say, if I'm the new creative vision and head of this studio, do I, could I feel like it's an unnecessary burden to carry elements of the old world that have been problematic and have been controversial and have caused a ton of headache on social media and putting up billboards and all the silly stuff. Mm -hmm. Do I really want to have that shadow continue to be cast on this new thing I'm doing? And does including those actors become a hindrance and more nonsense than it's really worth? You know, on the other side of it, I think there is a way. I think with talented filmmakers and talented storytellers and talented actors, you could conceivably have some of these same actors portray new versions of these characters. It might be tricky for a movie, but if the movie's good, eventually people won't care. So I, I think there's the opportunity to go in either direction. I do see how it would be a cleaner restart to just say, we got new folks. And if Jason wants to stick around and be Lobo, that's just fine. I don't have any yeah. issue with that. It's a completely different character. And that guy seems like, you know, he's he's been a great Aquaman. I think he is. Um, if you're looking for like comic book page to screen uh, representation, I mean, he's kind of born to play Lobo. I don't. You oh, know, my gosh. It, yes. It's yeah, it's it's pretty uncanny. Um, Black Adam, according to Hollywood Reporter, unlikely to happen. Um, the, and then, there, you know, there was a competing, I don't want to, I asked someone that insider about the, uh, the deadline article, it was kind of the answer to the Hollywood reporter article. Sure. And they were like, it's the same thing. Yeah. Just different worded They're a little different phrasing it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, black Adam sequel unlikely to happen. I, Based on Black Adam's performance, I get it. Uh, on the other hand, you would think they'd want to be in business with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. It, that's it to me. I think there's two things that could have a big impact on this besides, you know, the financials. And there's been a lot of talk about the financials this week. A story earlier in the week that didn't make sense to me. You know, I consider myself a very amateur box office uh, student, but it's been one of the things I've been into over the years. It didn't make sense to me how... Um, one, the article that came out and then sort of the social media narrative was like, this is this movie's going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars. It explodes all the way to that, like the hyperbole takes over and mm -hmm. people that want to dump on it, dump on it. That never really made a lot of sense to me. I thought high level profitability was going to be a challenge based on uh, domestic and international box office receipts. There's the X factor of the video on demand sales. Um, but given that we, what we knew about the budget, you know, being upwards 185 to 195 mm -hmm. million dollars production or sorry, um, advertising, uh, you know, and marketing for a film like this would normally be at least a hundred million dollars. Sometimes they double the budget for something like this, which I think is irresponsible. Um, but when those numbers kind of showed out rock, the rock shared the PL and he was able to use a lot of his own branding to fill in mm -hmm. the place of, of what sometimes you'd pay other people to do, um, which was beneficial for the rock and help kind of keep costs down. But when it kind of shook out a little bit that this wasn't a, uh, blockbuster success, but it wasn't an unmitigated disaster that's costing yes. the studio hundreds of millions of dollars. It did make my eyebrows raise a little bit to say, okay, there is a there is the potential 
that the studio could say, all right, two things. One, it's still a good thing to be in business with The Rock and we want to continue that relationship. So it might be a relationship-based thing, right? If, 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 um, mm-hmm. and there's been speculation about sort of power struggle between Dwayne Johnson, The Rock and, you know, Saffron and, and Gunn. But if those, t- if, if those two groups can work out a, a healthy working relationship and Warner Brothers Discovery says it's good for us to be in business with The Rock, because remember, it's not just, it's not just DC films, it's Warner Brother films, and it's all the different, television properties and streaming properties that discovery brings we might not want to alienate the rock so we could look at this first movie as sunk costs from an investment standpoint to build some characters maybe we want to use out there and and, and better known and while it wasn't a huge success we didn't lose our pants on it and we could build from here i think there's the world where that could continue there's also the world where everyone says hey this this movie started production over 15 years ago. This guy was cast like 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of buildup that kind of fizzled a bit, unfortunately. And it's just time to cut bait and move on. I could see either scenario playing out. I think it depends on the creative choices. And it depends on if Warner Brothers really feels like, Warner Brothers Discovery really feels like, if we don't move forward with this, we're screwed when it comes to the rock business. And the rock business has been proven for well over a decade to be a business you want to be a part of. I would um, I would say that there's not a huge demand for a Black Adam sequel. So I don't know if they'll actually do, you know, they, they may want to continue with The Rock as Black Adam, but not do a Black Adam solo film again. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and I think it actually would make it make more sense. Yeah, uh, maybe he's part of ensemble type cast uh, movie. I don't think he has, I don't think the hierarchy of power changed. Yeah, not quite, <laughs> uh, right? Like, no, I think no. you, you introduced the second most powerful character in the DC universe. So if you want to say in the narrative now, there's somebody just slightly less powerful than Superman in, in the DC universe. Like, that's accurate, but otherwise, no. Yes. Um, and of course, you know, I think uh, just far as, you know, the hierarchy of power overall with dc on film um we know that lies with the guy who lives in gotham city so right yeah he's so, still sort of the the top dog you know yes. you talk, i remember uh a phrase that has been used historically over in in, in uh bof land for years and years and years now is you know wb shakes their bat money maker because that's 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 what it comes down to right he he gets keeps yeah. them in the black when it comes to this stuff the Aquaman two thing, or the Aquaman two being the could be Jason Momoa's final turn as uh, Aquaman, that kind of goes along with um, what you said about when we talked about do we bring back um, the same actors for new versions of of the previous characters they played? I mean, Aquaman made a, a billion dollars plus; it was a big hit, certainly. Uh, we we hope that the sequel does well. Yeah, absolutely. But do you have a well that fit the vision? You know of what they want to do going forward. It'll, it's the same thing, right? It'll be interesting, right? Because I think it's does it fit the vision? Does this thing come out and make another billion dollars that makes you know uh, you know because we're talking about Gun and Saffron quite a bit, but David Zasloff is an important element here as well. 
And if Aquaman 2 comes out, makes a billion dollars, you might get an executive decision over the top to say, hey, you know, you might be the CEO of DC Studios, but I'm the big chief here. And Aquaman 2 just made a billion bucks. I want more Jason Aquaman. Like that's that's conceivably something that could happen. And Aquaman 2 very well could make a billion dollars because based on the story elements and the performance of Aquaman 1 internationally and specifically in China, I mean, it was like almost 300 million bucks out of China. Yeah. Like they dug what was going on with Aquaman. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of these other projects that have not been shown, the Chinese market has been closed to them, did not have a a chance to get those Chinese bucks. Mm -hmm. If Aquaman 2 follows Aquaman 1 and can be shown in China, that market's open. That's a, that is a, that's a floodgate of cash that could come in. Um, But you know, maybe you make your money and you say, hey, we got a couple billion dollar Aquaman movies out of this deal. The character has more global recognition and signs of profitability now than it did before to the point that we're comfortable swapping the actor out. Um, I, my, Yeah, I'm with you completely. I would I would I just want to add re- regarding Aquaman to is that it appears that they are eliminating any uh, uh, anything filmed that would tie it into other DC movies. And, and make a fat it, reduction surgery in the last yes, cut from the sounds of it. Yes, and so it's going to be, you know, in a standalone Aquaman film completely. Not that it wasn't before, because that's what James Wan wanted, but, you know, you add in... Keaton Batman cameo replaced by Ben Affleck Batman cameo. And then you take both out because you don't want that kind of stuff in that family. And it's tricky because it comes out after the flash. Yeah. That is the, the release schedule and all of this has been one yeah. of the more interesting factors to try to, you know, pull into your calculations of what's going on here in some ways, you know, gosh, you feel like, it would make a lot of sense to flip flop these two things, but you know, with, with so much movement, does that do more harm than good at this point? Like so these movies have been in the can for a long time, right? Like filming has been wrapped on, on this and the flash for a very long time. They've been in post forever. Um, but narratively, you know, a release schedule might make more sense if the flash is really your, your, your reboot. Um, if it could have come out first, but it, again, it might not matter, right? Like, do, this is where I was thinking about this yeah, last night and, and a little bit this morning. I love what we do at BOF. I love being a part of the team. I really enjoy the conversation. And, and most of the time I enjoy the speculation, but I think at some point um, we are the, the very dedicated fans. And are we cheating mm-hmm. ourselves out of just enjoying these movies, just going into the friggin' theater, popcorn and your soda or whatever else the lights go down and you just enjoy what's in front of you for what it is as opposed to getting pulled into all the other nonsense and worrying about how's this fit in the plan and you know yeah. i saw somebody tw- yeah. what made me think about it somebody was tweeting today they're like you know dc put out a promo tweet for shazam fury of the gods and they're like are you kidding me you want me to get invested in this when you're just rebooting everything blah 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 blah. why would i ever go see this and my thought was like to go enjoy a movie like, yeah. do you remember that's a thing to just go sit your butt in this a seat is, for a couple hours and enjoy the dang movie? This is a um, one of the negatives of shared universe stuff. Yes, sir. That 
it relies on what came before, what's happening now, and what's coming up. Yeah, and I get the appeal because I enjoy the Marvel yeah. movies, and I and yeah. I have had some DC fan envy to see the success. And man, they're bringing all these cool cool characters, and man, these cool characters that I like that aren't the big three don't get pulled into DC movies. And it'd be cool if we could do that too. But you know, and I don't know, maybe this is where I start sounding like a cranky old man, which I know is typically your day, your job. Uh, yes. But like, you know, I it. Is it a just sign of where we are as a society that we're so overstimulated with like not just the thing we're looking? I mean, for example, I'm watching a show, but I'm looking at fantasy football scores on my phone. Like mm-hmm. we we very rarely just sit and enjoy the one thing that's in front of us. Like we get distracted by the overall story and narrative, and it can't just enjoy this thing. I have to understand everything that's going on. And where's the plan, Warner Brothers? Where's the plan? Yeah, like it. We've kind of ruined. You know, uh, we uh, we've taken the joy out of just the simple experience of watching movies and, and that's, you know, going to a different world for a couple hours. That, at a time. That's that's why I stay away. I, I avoid the social media stuff. I, I I look at it as one film at a time personally. Um, so but I get it. I get you what you're saying. Totally. The Superman thing. Um has all sorts of layers to it. Oh my gosh. It's an it onion is, within uh, an onion. It is. The bottom line here, and I know people were raging. I saw some. I mean, I see I see a little more um, cleaner and more uh, nicer, respectful version of complaints on our BOF Facebook group. Right. Stuff. Um, there were... The barrier to entry of that group is that you have to be at least somewhat reasonable, right? Like we don't, the wackos don't get in. Absolutely. You know, people were upset about, um, you know, they're going to reboot all this. Why was Henry Cavill in Black Adam? Well, you know, if Gunn and Saffron didn't have any plans for that, why did they let, why, why didn't they just cut it out? Well, there's, I try to explain that film was locked. Yeah. Before those two, fellows took over dc studios which it is now and uh were on the job period and secondly uh dwayne johnson the rock had uh like he had the jones for henry Uh cavill to cameo in that film and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and that's the number one reason why it happened and it just what it wasn't taken out because the two guys had just hadn't been hired and they hadn't started work and there was no plan yet. So, so you can't, I think you that's... can't, you can't, they can't, you can't bitch and, and, and say Warren brothers is a shit show and they dropped the ball again. Not on that. No, 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 no. I agree entirely. They hadn't been hired. I mean, read guns tweets. They like, it has just been him and, and Saffron over the last couple of yeah. weeks figuring out exactly what they want to do and what was going to be in, what was going to be out. Black Adam, it came out before then. We're we're over like a month and a half. We're two months since re- since Black Adam released, you mm-hmm. know. And let's not forget, The Rock is still The Rock, and you cannot understate that. Yeah, you can't. He's a massive businessman. He's a major public figure. He's a he's mm-hmm. the arguably the biggest movie star in the world. It's like him and Tom Cruise are like really the only people that say, I'm going to go see the Tom Cruise movie, or I'm going to go see 
the Dwayne, the rock Johnson sure. movie. There's very few of movie stars left that are on that level. Yeah. So if the rock wants to do it, his production company's involved. He's got a lot mm-hmm. of cachet, right? It's going to mm-hmm. like, it's probably going to happen now. You know, if if Gunn and Saffron were hired a month earlier, would it still have happened? I don't know. Probably still. But like, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Yeah, it's a, Joker told us that. It's, yeah, it's. I I don't understand being upset about it, but I do. I do get, I get the emotional reaction when people stop at the emotional reaction and and don't move on to okay, let me try to intellectualize, let me think my way through my emotions. That's where I have a hard time with it. I've. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been lucky enough in my my actual professional career, which, believe it or not, is not podcasting about Batman, um, to take over new teams a bunch of times. And I have kind of this, it, I mean it every time, but it's kind of a canned speech. We're like, listen, I'm going to make some decisions you like, and then I'm going to make some decisions that you don't like right away. And I'm asking for your trust with the decisions that you don't like that you you hear me out, you give it a good try, and let's see if it works or not. And I'm always going to be open to your feedback. You don't often get that from studio heads, right? Like James Gunn, I think, has been um, profoundly gracious in his yeah. communication and fan interaction. The number of times I talked about this before, I see people tweet and it makes my skin kind of crawl. I'm like, God, it seems so cringy. But he's been very gracious with how much he's shared and how transparent he's been. I felt like in reading some of his tweets, I'm like, oh man, that's kind of like the time I took over this team. And I said, you know, hey, we're going to work things out. Some of the stuff that, that that you're hearing, I don't plan on doing it. Some of it, I do plan on doing it. Some of it, I'm not sure yet. It's in between, but like, I'd sure like you to give me a fair chance and then and then we'll see how things go. I think it, we need to bring up, this was part of that complaint was that, and then I would get, well, they announced that he was back. Warner Brothers is the they. Warner Brothers said, never did that. I said, when did Warner Brothers send out a press release saying that Henry Cavill was back as Superman in a solo film and he would be Superman for a long time in the future? Never did it. Never happened. That never happened. was, and, and this is where the deadline story also confirmed that that was, that was Cavill. Yeah. Kind of on his own making moves yeah and i understand it i don't i don't i mean i don't think like how horrific of him he lied to the fans or whatever but like he's saying he's back he's in this movie he really and if you listen to what he said right like he's excited to continue playing the character he wants to portray the character in this way he didn't lie cavill didn't say hey guess what you know next june cameras are rolling we got a writer, we got a budget approval, and I'm Superman in Man of Steel too. Like, he didn't say that. I, and I don't even think the, he purposely misled people so much as like he was representing what he wanted. He was back as Superman. Yeah. And he does want to continue to play the character. You and, know, maybe it was a power yeah. play in some way. I would think yeah, a little probably. bit. Probably. But I don't think it was purposely, I don't think it was like some sort of jerk move. But at the same time, you know, the studio didn't have a press release. The one thing I would say is was a little bit where people could get confused. There was a number of Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Discovery social media accounts, you know, like didn't pay for your blue check mark, but real deal verified accounts yeah. that did send out like celebratory congratulate congratulatory tweets about Cavill being back. It felt 
like it was a coordinated, you know, social media uh, announcement, but you don't know, you don't know who's in charge of that account, right? Like something's getting traction, something's getting traction, something's trending. We better put a tweet out to get eyeballs on this account. Like, you know, it's, you you never know. You can't read into too much. Don't, you know, don't believe everything you hear. You're hundred percent correct. He did not lie. Probably a little bit of power play. Yes. Maybe not the best decision. Yeah. He could have made. He uh, yes, he was back for Black Adam. Yes, he filmed something for the Flash. So yeah, he is back. Yes, Warner Brothers listened to uh Charles Roven, producer, uh, on a pitch for Man of Steel 2. And with Gunn and Saffron, they are apparently want to do something with Superman and go a different direction. I don't know if that in, includes Cavill. It sounds like it's it's it doesn't. So we shall see. But clearly, and I want to say again, whatever they end up doing and whoever is cast in those roles, be it, you know, any of the previous actors come back, this is going to be a brand new DC universe. Yes, you're not seeing a continuation, even if some actors continue on. This isn't a continuation of whatever verse you want to call. And, you know, to further clarify my point, whoever is in these roles, whatever the future storylines are, I am in full support and want them to be successful because I want the characters to be successful. I love these characters. I want them to get exposed to even greater audiences and younger audiences um, because that's how you continue to build, you know, the fan base and, and, and not just to have some sort of arbitrary, I want my group that I self-identify to be successful, but because these things need to be financially viable for the characters to live on. And I think there's value in these characters more than satisfying any individual fan base um, of iterations or directors wants. I just want these characters to be successful and financially viable so they can continue to live on in the future. So my grandkids can enjoy Batman and yeah. Superman and Wonder Woman and the Flash and Aquaman and Green Lantern. Like that's the key. However we get there, whatever. I just want them to be successful. I want them to be high quality, but I'm not the storyteller. I'm not the creative. I'm I'm the enjoyer. I'm the digester of this stuff. So like my personal wants are take a and not even a second row mm-hmm. seat. I'm at the back of the bus. Final point from the Hollywood Reporter article that I do not believe, I did not see it. If I missed it, that's my bad when it came to the deadline, is that um, they say that Matt Reeves, the Batman universe, is being left alone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, social media, even today, scrolling around, social media would tell you that they're going to make Matt Reeves' batman universe the dc universe it's going to evolve into that i'm like are you paying any attention whatsoever like come on it's just the opposite of that and like good and we talked about this last week and i wish they just mm-hmm. do the black label you can slap yeah, the black label on the again. batman yeah why, why not just, yeah it's i think they would behoove them tremendously to say we're going to have a black label at, at dc studio with films that based on DC characters that are not part of the shared universe. Yeah. And I think it's a a total, a total win. It's different from what Marvel does. It's different from what it's kind of what they were going to do before 
And you kind of get to best of both worlds type of deal because you're still doing Joker 2. You're going to have the Batman films. You're going to have the Batman TV shows like the Penguin, Arkham and so forth. So make it a label, you know, make it a banner. I'd go one step further than that. You know, because the name of what uh, Saffron and Gunn are heading up is DC Studios, Mm -hmm. I would make a label for the connected stuff as well. I would say we have two labels that we oversee um, at DC Studios. We have... They've, they've been clear. It's not the DCEU, which was a terrible name the whole time, right? I like yeah. Ladkoff was better. Um, <laughs> was. Like We've got the DC Universe, the DCU, and we've got DCBL, DC Black Label. And yeah. we're going to produce films that fit under these two labels of DC films. For your connected stuff, maybe 100%. a bit more fantastical, you know, a little bit more like something you'd see out of a Justice League comic or Kingdom Come or whatever else. There you go. That's your DCU label. If that's if that's the thing you're into as a fan, this is where you can come and get that belly up to the bar. If you like what we're doing over in the Batman and what we did with Joker and what we did with some of these more um, non-connected, uh, allow the director to have more of their vision as opposed to a producer studio head's vision, then you come over to DC uh, Black Label and that's where you're going to find that. I I I mean. Again, I'm not the businessman in this front, but that's, I think there's a lot of merit to that approach. You know, I think that would make for a great op-ed piece for Batman on film, Garrett. Oh man, somebody should get to writing that. Yes. I might have to warm up the old keyboard fingers. I haven't had an article on the site in in, in, uh, in a fair chunk of time. That's a great idea. Um, So, you know, it's no secret that, you know, Matt Reeves, what he's doing with the Batman, that's my top priority. I look at the other as as gravy. Um, I am a a fan of James Gunn. I want to see what he comes up with. And I will say to him, you know, he came out and let's let's give him also just a little bit of airtime here. He did come out with a tweet. He didn't ignore it. He said, basically, I think you, you alluded to it. Some of it's true. Some of it's not true. Some of it's half true. Right. And but some of it we don't line, know. Yeah. And it was but it was uh, we're going to we're not going to make everybody happy. Yeah. So a- a- acknowledging that changes be a common y'all. And you know what? Like bravo for him for putting it out there because too much of blockbuster entertainment now is, you know, research group to death. Everything needs to be a four quadrant picture. And it's, I mean, to be honest, to be successful, you really do need to appeal to as big of a chunk of your general audience as possible. Mm -hmm. But you get these movies that are made by committee and just some of the life gets sucked out of them. Like I would rather something be really good with a great vision that some, it's not just going to be for some people, but some people are going to love it. Like you think about like, the really good movies, like, you know, the, the cinema, the cinephiles, like the people that are like mm-hmm. the art, you know, like there's a lot of great movies. They're not for everybody. I know some, some really divisive movies that some people love and some people don't love, but man, are they talked about and they're memorable. Like, that's cool. That's good. I, 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 I think that reading between the lines of what Gunn's saying is I think he's trying to tell the best stories possible. They're going to make the most people happy some people you're never going to make happy. And, um, you know, again, without trying to, you know, poke anything at any particular group, because it's pointless and the time's been gone for that. But if there's a a group of fandom that is only married to one vision 
and one director's story that they wanted to tell a decade ago or not even a decade ago after they curveball hit, you're not going to be happy. If you want to be open-minded to what we can do with these characters and create some fun stuff, there's a good chance we can try to make you happy. We might not, but there's yeah. a good chance. Well, we shall see soon. I think what is the, what's the, the word they're going to be turning in their, their plan to Zaslav here in the next couple of weeks. Yep. And then building out on, the, you know, the framework in their creative Bible and the whole deal. And then they'll be, uh, you know, letting, letting folks know. So I, you know, again, I got to say props to James Gunn. He has been, I mean, people keep atting him nonstop. Dude, can you imagine? And, his, he better yeah. have his uh, assistant or intern um, yeah. who, at, who at least manages what, what tweets he should reply to or should see. Cause I imagine he doesn't see everything. It's, I mean, it's, I, I do believe this is him and very personal in his interactions, but I imagine he doesn't see it all. Someone's got to say, here's one that's worth looking at, or I would hope so. But whoever's screening out what to spend time on, what not to spend time on, they need a race. <laughs> like, cause that's, yeah, people are unrelenting. I would, uh, I, I, I figure ultimately, even the, even the ones who are hashtagging about still about what, has come and gone and ain't coming back. I think th th they'll all see these movies. Regardless, oh, yeah. you know, and, you know, except for the people, there's one person I was kind of, you know, annoying cultist. I'll just say it cultist. Uh, and talking about how, you know, they're done with DC films now and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, there's replies and there's these other bots that are saying the same stuff. But in the course of the thread, this person admitted that they don't even pay for any movies they pirate all the movies anyway like even oh even the even the director uh that they love they didn't pay for those movies like like why do you think you have any like yeah. you've got no like you've got no reason for anyone to take you seriously or listen to you like but for fans that are going to go see superhero movies they're gonna go see superhero movies right and like the audience that and, and that's the dedicated fan base the general audience it's like oh man that looks like a big blockbuster movie that seems like a fun time at the theater yeah. they don't care no. And then there's big chunks of people like me. I love superhero content. There's a superhero movie that comes out. It's pretty few and far between that. I don't make it to the theater to see regardless of if it's Marvel or DC or, you know, a valiant you know, the bloodshot movie that Vin D I saw that movie, you know, like I'll go see, it. I saw it on an airplane, but still, you know, yeah. you're going to go, you're the audience that's there for, it, it's going to be there for it. And the general audience that just wants some escape. I, I haven't thought of valiant comics in a while. Oh man, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, the Nexo Man War, uh, Harbinger, like they was, were huge. Uh, I was a I was a big wizard. Jack, remember that yeah. character? Yep. Yeah. And then they had uh, Image, and of course, mm -hmm. you know Todd McFarlane's still trying Spawn. to get the Spawn movie. Yeah. They had the Image Valiant crossover, and Wizard, the Guide to Comics. Man, they were they hyped up Image and Valiant like no other back in the day. I've got a big stack of those laying around. It's kind of fun to go back and. Oh, visit I used those. to be a, I used to be a, a lover of Wizard Magazine back in the early '90s, man. Yeah, I had it. I had a subscription from the time I was a little guy, like really when they were getting started, and I was young, started collecting comics, um, like really actively going to the comic book store every week for the the Death and Return of Superman storyline. Um, I had a subscription for years, like all the way I think through the time I went to college, and then my brother continued the subscription uh for a couple years after that so we have a bunch of wizard if you go back and look at when they started doing the fan casting stuff um it's really 
pretty humorous to see some of the some of the movies. Hey, if this was going to be made, here's who we'd put in yeah, the movie. I remember that because because some were right on. It some were like who like what? One, no one would ever make this movie, and two, these are not bankable movie stars. Like just you know, the comic to screen accuracy visually does not get it done. Just because this unknown actor from this one episode of Star Trek Deep Space, Deep Space Nine looked like this one panel doesn't mean this would ever happen. But it's fun to go back and look at those. I mean, hey comic scene and star log and then 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 eventually wizard this was this was the internet before internet when you try to, to find out about comic book movie tv uh you know any of that genre type stuff you know i've told I'll this story a... many times i used to go to the mall and stand there because you know i didn't want anybody to know that i like comic books because you know i was too cool different time and I would read comics off the rack and I would read comic scene and star log right there in Walden books at, at, a, at central mall in Port Arthur, Texas and get all the scoop, you know? So I think somewhere subconsciously, that was one of my inspirations for, for Batman on film, you know? It, it, oh, it had to be. I'll put yeah. a finer point on it until I went to college and had internet access because I've told a billion times how I lived out in the sticks in northern Minnesota in the middle of nowhere, you know, between a forest and a lake. Um, we didn't have the internet out there forever, like way past. My buddies in town had the internet until I got to college and had consistent internet access and found Batman on film during two yeah. a days my freshman year in football. Wizard Magazine was the only place that I had any of that content. So not only I'm sure that it, uh, those those Starlog and Comic Scene magazines served as an inspiration. Wizard, kind of the next generation of those, yeah, was my direct absolutely. venue in to to wanting to go investigate this stuff when I when I when I got the internet. You know, not to sure. not to get educated, not to do research on my college papers or anything, but like, man, I'm dog tired after the fifth Batman movie. Oh, this tripod site might tell me. And there we go. I'll end with a quiz. I'm gonna quiz you. It's kind of a no, it's a ranking. So, and I'm not trying to, we're not trying to diss anybody. And we're not trying to slide any actor or any fan base. If you had to rank uh, from the the main characters that were in Justice League, those yeah. actors who who played them, okay, who would you rank from top most likely down to least likely to reprise their role in a, in the new DCU? Ooh, okay. So off the top of my head, I would say most likely. I'm going to go with uh, Gal Gadot, most okay. likely. I would agree with that. I think second most likely would be Jason Momoa. I'm with you still. I think third most likely would be Henry Cavill. I'm still with you. Coming in at number four, this is where it starts getting tough. Yes. Number four, I think Ben Affleck, and this is the drop-off. This is the split. I'm telling you, none of the rest of the actors have a snowball chance in hell <laughs> at reprising their characters. Yeah. But if someone, if that snowball could melt just a little bit slower, it might be Ben Affleck. But I don't, but but again, he's not doing it. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh next, um, Ezra Miller, because the Flash could hit big enough and they could publicity spin and he could go on the apology tour and go get himself some help. 
Mm-hmm. You know what? Screw that. Ezra Miller. Al's behind Ezra Miller just because it's not going to happen. He doesn't want to do it. There's no way he would ever be long-term Batman in the new world. Ezra Miller might have a better chance of being able to go get some help and do the publicity spin plus have the flash hit. So I'm going to go Ezra Miller, Affleck and Ray Fisher's at the bottom. <laughs> it's just not, not happening ever. Yeah. We'll go with, we'll leave it to justice. Like I agree with your rankings. I think you're spot on with Ezra Miller. Everybody likes a comeback story. Everybody likes a redemption story. And apparently he's really good in the flash from what, you know, the test screenings. Have test said. screenings so, are through yeah. the roof. Uh, with that said, I don't know if any will come back. It may be the whole yeah. new, all new actors. Yeah. What's, that, what's it, you know, and real quick, it's a crazy dynamic because Gunn participated in the old DC EU. Yeah. With the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Yeah. And so he may have to make some hard decisions on himself. The, well, his, he's, his executive he's a self, hat. yeah, his executive self have to make hard decisions on the, his direct, filmmaker self. Yes, he has a different job now than he had then when he was making the Suicide Squad and making Peacemaker. And um, when you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown, and this is a different role and responsibility for him. It would be interesting. I think I might, in my own brain, or if I get a break between you know some work stuff or kid stuff this weekend write out those ranks and then pl- apply a percentage of confidence to each the percentage high the percentages aren't going to be real high for any of them but on the on the back end of that list i got zero on the high end i might have 50 50 you know it's 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 a tough one and then there's where does margot robbie fit in that is the x factor that is the x factor because, she because is... we we love margot robbie as harley yeah but she has not been in a hugely successful film as harley yeah, outside of Suicide Squad. Yeah, well, yes, financially, Squad. financially, yeah, financially, yeah. yes, yes. So we, I mean, God, there's a lot of variables, and executive producer, or you know, not executive producer, but executive, and being studio, in the producing yeah, yeah. role, studio boss role of James Gunn, certainly is going to have some conflict with filmmaker James Gunn, as I just said. No doubt about it. You would think so. Yeah. You would definitely think so. It'll be fun to watch. And although I said we kind of ruined ourselves by being uh, in the the population that's way in the weeds and behind the scenes stuff, and it kind of keeps us from just enjoying the movies, it's going to give us a lot of fun stuff to talk about for, you know, years to come now. So, you know, plenty of content for future episodes. I didn't ask you this before, before we go. What's your level of uh, excitement for The Penguin? HBO oh, series. Super high. Super high. It's probably um it's one of the projects I'm most ex- that we know is happening, that is confirmed, that is in production. It's probably one of the things that I'm the most excited about. Um, just the opportunity to kind of do the HBO Max organized crime thing in the Batman universe. You know, the brain spins around how much how much Batman elements is this just a mobster? show that happens to have the penguin in it or which is fine you want to do that i i'm i already my subscription's already paid for i'm there you know yeah um but is it is it that plus different elements of the batman universe coming in is there a harvey dent aspect what's what's bruce doing during the show i don't think he's in it right he's not gonna i highly doubt he's gonna be in it but do you have the shadow of the bat in it so to speak like that's very intriguing to me. It's all very interesting. And the talent that's being associated with it is, is, you know, sky high. So super excited. 
that we did talk about it briefly about some of the casting coming up. Um, and I'll say again, a crime drama on HBO, the home of the Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire that's set in the world of Batman. If it could be that level of quality, man, that would be awesome. That would be just, just, it's, you can only almost only do this with bat with Batman, the world of Batman, you know, things like this. The, the pedigree that comes with an HBO project is high, particularly in this space is even higher. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's got, it's got a very high ceiling for where it could go. That's for sure. All right. Where can people find you on social media? If you want to divulge that information. <laughs> yeah. 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 Depending on who you are, I've had a couple yeah. interesting interactions. If you're listening to this and you're not just hate listening and you want to come give me a hard time, even if you do whatever, I can have fun with it. Um, you can find me at Twitter. I am at Garrett Wado. That's at G A R R E T W A T O. I talk a lot about Batman, Superman, um, he man, you know, my kids, the various you know, things I'm into, one of which is fantasy football, big NFL fan. Obviously, Bill and I have talked about football on different shows before. Mm-hmm. If you just like listening to me to talk and you, you don't care if it's about superhero stuff or or if it's about football, you can find me on the Dynasty Dads Fantasy Football Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Dads. And I'd love to mix it up. Keep chatting because I'm a chatty guy. I made a comeback in our BOF fantasy football league and close yeah. the playoff spot. And in BOF two, I made a comeback, but it was a little bit too late. You ever have one of those teams where you score a lot of points, but you don't win. Oh yeah. I've, works, uh, you know, it's just that fluke of the schedule that, that someone been, goes off every, every time you, you play them. I've been there um, myself and I've got one of my best buddies in my main league. I've been in it for 15 years. It's all my guys I played with in college. Um, we call them radio. Um, he has like the highest, most points in the league, and he's just barely going to make the playoffs, like just barely. He was outside most of the season and finally won enough. Uh, and he complains about it like almost every day. Well, of course, I'm playing Scott. and Scott's team goes off mm-hmm. for the highest points he's had all year. And then I play Nick and Nick's team does the same. There's very few things as irritating as that. That's like that's probably the most aggravating thing in fantasy football is have a team that's like, the league high in scoring. And then each week you play someone who, who just happens to go off and then you have yeah. a shit record, you know, yeah. missed the playoff. So it's the opposite of what's going on in real life with the Vikings this year, you know, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> point differential is not outstanding, but Hey, they're getting the wins. So, well, we're getting toward the playoffs coming up the NFL playoffs. So it's going to be exciting. It's exciting for that. I think, I think this thing is wide open. I don't, I think that, I don't think, you know, the Buffalo and Kansas City and the AFC is such a, a lock. To there win. are chinks whoever, in their armor. Yeah, like, they, whoever, they are not. Yeah. Whoever gets there from the AFC wins the Super Bowl. So, we'll, we shall see. Yeah, it is. It, it, there are. It's one of the years where you can really say, I don't think there's an unbeatable team in the NFL. And the NFL has been designed for parity, right? Like, yeah. It's not you know, the European league soccer stuff. It's the NFL is designed on any given Sunday. Somebody can win a game against whoever they're playing. And I don't know in, in all my years of, of, I don't remember a year where I think that's felt more true. We're like, I don't know. 
I don't know, it could happen. The Browns could beat up on the Bengals. You know, they went to the Super Bowl last year. And then, you know, Patriots uh, are, you know, not the Patriots of old. You know, the Bills are are beatable. Kansas City has shown themselves to be unbeat or to be beatable. All of a sudden, Detroit can put up 50 points. It's it's wild. It's been a fun season I to just, watch because you really don't I'm, know what to expect. I'm happy my Cowboys are getting hot right now. Um, and then defense and defense will travel in playoff games. It looks like we're gonna have to be going as a wild card. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Absolutely. Hey, for me, you just find me at Batman on Film. And if you want just straight up news, the news feed. Uh, for BOF, it's at the Batman on Film. That's all I got. Thank Garrett. Thanks for coming on again. A good discussion here. Um, I just kind of, I did want to kind of update the original story that I posted on Batman on Film, uh, based on the Hollywood Reporter article. And so this is kind of it instead of a written uh, update. And with that, announcer Rachel will take us out, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the BOF Social Hour, Jet's official vlog and podcast on Batman on Film. Follow Jet on Twitter at Batman on Film. For BOF news only, follow at the Batman on Film on Twitter. To become a BOF patron, go to patreon.com slash Batman on Film. To advertise on BOF, visit advertisecast.com slash Batman on Film. For Jet and Team BOF, I'm announcer Rachel. Authoritative, definitive, the original. Batman on Film established in 1998.